Chapter eighteen of A Shepherd's Life by William Henry Hudson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eighteen The Shepherd's Return. Yarnborough Castle Sheep Fair. Caleb leaves Doveton and goes to Dorset, a land of strange happenings. He is homesick and returns to Winterbourne Bishop. Joseph, his brother, leaves home. His meeting with Caleb's old master settles in dorset and is joined by his sister hannah they marry and have children i go to look for them joseph bowcombe in extreme old age hannah in decline caleb's shepherding period in doveton came to a somewhat sudden conclusion it was nearing the end of august and he was beginning to think about the sheep which would have to be taken to the castle sheep fair on fifth october and it appeared strange to him that his master had so far said nothing to him on the subject by castle he meant yarnborough castle the name of a vast prehistoric earthwork on one of the high downs between warminster and amesbury there is no village there and no house near it is nothing but an immense circular wall and trench inside of which the fair is held it was formerly one of the most important sheep fairs in the country but for the last two or three decades has been falling off and is now of little account when bowcombe was shepherd at doveton it was still great and when he first went there as mr ellerby's head shepherd he found himself regarded as a person of considerable importance at the castle before setting out with the sheep he asked for his master's instructions and was told that when he got to the ground he would be directed by the person in charge to the proper place the Ellerbys, he said, had exhibited and sold their sheep there for a period of eighty-eight years without missing a year, and always at the same spot. Every person visiting the fair on business knew just where to find the Ellerbys' sheep, and, he added with pride, they expected them to be the best sheep at the castle. One day Mr. Ellerby came to have a talk with his shepherd, and in reply to a remark of the latter about the October sheep fair, he said that he would have no sheep to send. "'No sheep to send, master?' exclaimed Caleb in amazement. Then Mr. Ellerby told him that he had taken a notion into his head that he wanted to go abroad with his wife for a time, and that some person had just made him so good an offer for all his sheep that he was going to accept it, so that for the first time in eighty-eight years there would be no sheep from Doveton Farm at the castle fair.' When he came back he would buy again, but if he could live away from the farm he would probably never come back. He would sell it. Caleb went home with a heavy heart and told his wife. It grieved her, too, because of her feelings for Mrs. Ellerby, but in a little while she set herself to comfort him. "'Why, what's wrong about it?' she asked. "'Twill be more in three months before the year's out, and Master'll pay for all the time, sure, and we can go home to Bishop and abide a while without work, and see if that father of yours has forgiven ye for going away to Warminster.' So they comforted themselves, and were beginning to think with pleasure of home, when Mr. Ellerby informed his shepherd that a friend of his, a good man, though not a rich one, was anxious to take him as head shepherd with good wages and a good cottage rent-free. The only drawback for the Balcombs was that it would take them still farther from home, for the farm was in Dorset, although quite near the Wiltshire border. 
eventually they accepted the offer and by the middle of september were once more settled down in what was to them a strange land how strange it must have seemed to caleb how far removed from home and all familiar things when even to this day more than forty years later he speaks of it as the ordinary modern man might speak of a year's residence in uganda tierra del fuego or the andaman islands it was a foreign country and the ways of the people were strange to him and it was a land of very strange things one of the strangest was an old ruined church in the neighbourhood of the farm where he was shepherd it was roofless more than half fallen down and all the standing portion with the tower overgrown with old ivy the building itself stood in the centre of a huge round earthwork and trench with large barrows on the ground outside the circle concerning this church he had a wonderful story its decay and ruin had come about after the great bell in the tower had mysteriously disappeared stolen one stormy night it was believed by the devil himself the stolen bell it was discovered had been flung into a small river at a distance of some miles from the church and there in summer-time when the water was low it could be distinctly seen lying half buried in the mud at the bottom but all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't pull it out the devil who pulled the other way was strongest eventually some wise person said that a team of white oxen would be able to pull it out and after much seeking the white oxen were obtained and thick ropes were tied to the sunken bell and the cattle were goaded and yelled at and tugged and strained until the bell came up and was finally drawn right up to the top of the steep cliff-like bank of the stream then one of the teamsters shouted in triumph now we've got out the bell in spite of all the devils in hell and no sooner had he spoken the bold words than the ropes parted and back tumbled the bell into its old place at the bottom of the river where it remains to this day caleb had once met a man in those parts who assured him that he had seen the bell with his own eyes lying nearly buried in mud at the bottom of the stream the legend is not in the history of dorset a much more prosaic account of the disappearance of the bell is there given in which the devil took no part unless he was at the back of the bad men who were concerned in the business but in this strange remote country outside of wiltshire balcombe was in a region where anything might have happened where the very soil and pasture were unlike that of his native country and the mud adhered to his boots in a most unaccountable way it was almost uncanny doubtless he was homesick for a month or two before the end of the year he asked his master to look out for another shepherd this was a great disappointment to the farmer he had gone a distance from home to secure a good shepherd and had hoped to keep him permanently and now after a single year he was going to lose him what did the shepherd want he would do anything to please him and begged him to stay another year but no his mind was set on going back to his own native village and to his own people and so when his long year was ended he took his crook and set out over the hills and valleys followed by a cart containing his sticks and wife and children and at home with his old parents and his people he was happy once more 
in a short time he found a place as head shepherd with a cottage in the village and followed his flock on the old familiar down and everything again was as it had been from the beginning of life and as he desired it to be even to the end his return resulted incidentally in other changes and migrations in the Balcombe family. His elder brother Joseph, unmarried still, although his senior by about eight years, had not got on well at home. He was a person of a peculiar disposition, so silent with so fixed and unsmiling an expression, that he gave the idea of a stolid, thick-skinned man, but at bottom he was of a sensitive nature, and feeling that his master did not treat him properly, he gave up his place and was for a long time without one. He was singularly attentive to all that fell from Caleb about his wide wanderings and strange experiences, especially in the distant Dorset country, and at length, about a year after his brother's return, he announced his intention of going away from his native place for good, to seek his fortune in some distant place where his services would perhaps be better appreciated. When asked where he intended going, he answered that he was going to look for a place in that part of Dorset where Caleb had been shepherd for a year and had been so highly thought of. Now Joseph, being a single man, had no sticks, all his possessions went into a bundle which he carried tied to his crook and with his sheep-dog following at his heels he set forth early one morning on the most important adventure of his life then occurred an instance of what we call a coincidence but which the shepherd of the downs nursed in the old beliefs and traditions prefers to regard as an act of providence about noon he was trudging along in the turnpike road when he was met by a farmer driving in a trap who pulled up to speak to him and asked him if he could say how far it was to winterbourne bishop joseph replied that it was about fourteen miles he had left bishop that morning then the farmer asked him if he knew a man there named caleb bawcombe and if he had a place as shepherd there as he was now on his way to look for him and to try and persuade him to go back to dorset where he had been his head shepherd for the space of a year joseph said that caleb had a place as head shepherd on a farm at bishop that he was satisfied with it and was moreover one that preferred to bide in his native place the farmer was disappointed, and the other added, "'Maybe you've heard Caleb speak of his elder brother Joseph. I be he.' "'What?' exclaimed the farmer. "'You're Caleb's brother. Where be going, then? To a new place?' "'I've got no place. I be going to look for a place in Dorsetshire.' "'Tis strange to hear you say that,' exclaimed the farmer. He was going, he said, to see Caleb— and if he would not or could not go back to Dorset himself to ask him to recommend some man of the village to him, for he was tired of the ways of the shepherds of his own part of the country, and his heart was set on getting a man from Caleb's village, where shepherds understood sheep and knew their work. "'Now look here, shepherd,' he continued, "'if you'll engage yourself to me for a year, I'll go no farther, but take you right back with me in the trap the shepherd was very glad to accept the offer he devoutly believed that in making it the farmer was but acting in accordance with the will of a power that was mindful of man and kept watch on him even on his poor servant joseph who had left his home and people to be a stranger in a strange land 
so well did servant and master agree that joseph never had occasion to look for another place when his master died an old man his son succeeded him as tenant of the farm and he continued with the son until he was past work before his first year was out his younger sister hannah came to live with him and keep house and eventually they both got married joseph to a young woman of the place and hannah to a small working farmer whose farm was about a mile from the village children were born to both and in time grew up joseph's sons following their father's vocation while hannah's were brought up to work on the farm and some of them too got married in time and had children of their own these are the main incidents in the lives of joseph and hannah related to me at different times by their brother he had followed their fortunes from a distance sometimes getting a message or hearing of them incidentally but he did not see them joseph never returned to his native village and the visits of hannah to her old home had been few and had long ceased but he cherished a deep enduring affection for both he was always anxiously waiting and hoping for tidings of them for joseph was now a feeble old man living with one of his sons and hannah long a widow was in declining health but still kept the farm assisted by one of her sons and two unmarried daughters though he had not heard for a long time it never occurred to him to write nor did they ever write to him then when i was staying at winterbourne bishop and had the intention of shortly paying a visit to caleb it occurred to me one day to go into dorset and look for these absent ones so as to be able to give him an account of their state it was not a long journey and arrived at the village i soon found a son of joseph a fine-looking man who took me to his cottage where his wife led me into the old shepherd's room i found him very aged in appearance with a grey face and sunken cheeks lying on his bed and breathing with difficulty but when i spoke to him of caleb a light of joy came into his eyes and he raised himself on his pillows and questioned me eagerly about his brother's state and family and begged me to assure caleb that he was still quite well although too feeble to get around much and that his children were taking good care of him from the old brother i went on to seek the young sister there was a difference of more than twenty years in their respective ages and found her at dinner in the large old farmhouse kitchen at all events she was presiding the others present being her son their hired labourer the farm boy and two unmarried daughters she herself tasted no food i joined them at their meal and it gladdened and saddened me at the same time to be with this woman for she was caleb's sister and was attractive in herself looking strangely young for her age with beautiful dark soft eyes and but few white threads in her abundant black hair the attraction was also in her voice and speech and manner but alas there was that in her face which was painful to witness the signs of long suffering of nights that bring no refreshment an expression in the eyes of one that is looking anxiously out into the dim distance a vast unbounded prospect but with clouds and darkness resting on it it was not without a feeling of heaviness at the heart that i said good-bye to her nor was i surprised when less than a year later Caleb received news of her death. End of chapter 18